0: great to see you it's always lovely to see the person behind the mask isn't it so uh, we have been thinking about uh, this phrase on earth as in heaven on earth as in heaven as the reason why we exist as church on earth as in heaven and it's a prayer and it is it's a cry of the heart really isn't it as we look around maybe in our uh, our own lives or in our families or friends or just in the country we're saying lord would could, the, could not the resources and the riches and the order of heaven come to earth, to our patch of earth? And maybe you've been praying that prayer for friends and family for a, a long time, I and mean, you've been looking for breakthrough, and you want what happens in heaven to happen on earth. And that's why Jesus asks us to pray, because on earth as in heaven is shorthand for, um, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth just as it's done in heaven. It's done in heaven pretty well, I guess, and uh, and we want it done well on earth around us. And when that happens, uh, good things break out because Jesus, by his Spirit, is amongst us and he does things amongst us, and uh, things happen. People's lives are changed. Their lives are transformed. Healing happens and deliverance happens and restoration happens and transformation happens. And so it's a prayer for the kingdom of God to come. And we've been talking about the kingdom as where what God wants done is done. It's the rule of God, the reign of God. So where where God wants something done, where it happens, that's where the kingdom of heaven is. So sometimes Jesus would say the kingdom of heaven has come upon you or is amongst you. And that's because uh, something dramatic was happening at the time and a breakthrough was happening. Some resources were coming from heaven to earth. And, um, and we've also been thinking about the fact that Jesus basically went around for three years declaring the kingdom, and he would say, he would proclaim it, say, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, it's really close to you. You know, a uh, paraphrase would be, God is, God is really close to you and wants to do extraordinary things in your life. That would be a good paraphrase of, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he would proclaim it, but he would also demonstrate it. So he would say, this is what it looks like when God comes amongst you. And things would happen, and we've been thinking about uh, some of those things as well. And, uh, and, it's some, and, and in particular, it was demonstrated through healing, through healing the sick. And, and if you read the Gospels, usually Jesus is either doing some healing, or he's coming from a healing, or going to a healing, uh, because it's just scattered through the pages again and again and again. And his disciples in Acts also did it regularly. And Jesus healed in a, in a great variety of ways. So just after this episode with the soldier, the centurion, you get him touching his, uh, Peter's mother-in-law's hand, and she's healed. So just with a touch of the hand. Uh, another time, someone grabs him by the clothes, and she gets healed. Um, sometimes Jesus asks people to do something impossible. So he says to the person with the withered hand, stretch out your hand. You, you know, that, sound almost callous wouldn't it stretch out your hand do something impossible the man stretches out his hand and he's healed Um, sometimes forgiveness is involved he says your sins are forgiven and then he heals sometimes deliverance of evil is involved he delivers a demon and then and then uh, healing comes and sometimes he sends people away from him. He, says to people, he said to a number of people who had leprosy, he said, go and show yourselves to the priest. And then when they went and showed themselves to the priest, that was the moment when they were healed. One time, I think, one or two times, he uses saliva. I don't know if any of you have tried that. Uh, and another time, he particularly used mud. So he had a number of different ways of doing this. And you, but often it was through touch, through declaration, through uh, a word of command, or as here in this uh, particular story, which we're going to look at for a few moments, where Jesus meets a soldier a centurion whose servant is paralyzed, he's, he's suffering really terribly, Jesus heals this man at a distance, at a considerable distance, with a word, or at least with a sentence. So, it doesn't seem to be a mechanism or a formula that Jesus uses. Where he goes, he seems to do different kinds of things in different situations, so there must be some kind of connecting thread uh, to all these different kinds of healings and all these different ways of healing. And I think the thread is this. is the, the thread is that is the authority of heaven that Jesus exercised on the earth. The authority of heaven that Jesus exercised on the earth. And we're going to look at this for, over the next few weeks as Jesus exercises authority over sickness by healing people over sin by forgiving people over evil by delivering people and over death by raising people from the dead to show that he is the king of the kingdom to demonstrate that but also to demonstrate the compassion of God from heaven to earth so I think that's the thing that holds all these different things together so the context if you have Matthew 8 it's good to get it out or get it on your phones there are some Bibles at the end of the pews as well, Matthew 8, 5 onwards, because there's this little story, a really extraordinary story, I think, where Jesus heals this man's servant at a distance, and I want to look at what that might mean for us, as what I hope we, we continue to become is a, is a community of healing, where we see more people uh, healed by God than uh, we thus have so far. So the Sermon on the Mount is finished. Matthew chapters 5 to 7, uh, it's the greatest teaching really known to mankind. It's, uh, uh, if you haven't read it, I urge you to read it. Uh, and, um, you know, the reviews are in, the crowd are absolutely amazed, and the reason why they're amazed is because Jesus teaches with authority. That's specifically said, Jesus teaches with authority and not like they're teachers of the law. It's a little aside from Matthew there. And uh, so authority is already there in Jesus' teaching. Um, But he's not only presented as one who teaches with authority, but Matthew wants to go on and say, I want to present Jesus to you as someone who demonstrates authority, demonstrates authority from heaven wherever he goes. And that God's rule on earth actually makes a difference in real time and space in our own lives, in our own relationships, in our own bodies, in our own minds. And so Jesus goes Is that one on? Marvellous. Healing technology. There we go. jesus goes on to heal someone with leprosy uh, in matthew 8 and then this centurion and then he heals uh, peter's mother-in-law so he heals he heals uh first of all someone who is unclean with a skin disease and then he heals someone who's not a jew a gentile and then he heals a woman and all of those would be surprises in that day that jesus is including all kinds of people in the blessings of heaven and um he healed, just before he, he uh, heals this man's servant, he heals this guy with leprosy, with skin disease. The man uh, would, be, would have been considered a health hazard. He had obvious sickness on his skin, and uh, he would have had to isolate, not for 10 days, but for the whole of his life. He was outside of the community. And Jesus does this beautiful thing where someone who is untouchable, Jesus reaches out his hand, and he touches him and heals him. It's a really gorgeous thing and uh, where people would have expected the infection to flow from the man with the skin disease to Jesus Jesus with heaven's authority reverses the flow so that if you like the infection of heaven goes to this man and he's completely healed and then he restores him to community by saying go and show yourselves to the priest so the the priest can pronounce you clean and you can be part of uh, this community again so he does a sort of double restoration And then in verse 5, Jesus comes to Capernaum, which is really now Jesus' home. And he meets this soldier. The soldier is a centurion. A centurion is a junior officer in the auxiliary army of Herod Antipas. And um, he's not a Jew. He's probably Syrian or Lebanese. And he has command of 100 men. And uh, where am I? Sorry. The key thing about this centurion is that uh, he recognizes authority when he sees Jesus. He looks and he knows that Jesus uh, has, has authority. And this man really understands authority. And he goes on to talk about, when I say to someone, go, they go and come, they come and do this, they do that. He understands that. And when he says go, it's not a suggestion. He's not saying, could you do this if you're not too busy? He knows that when he says go, he is backed by the whole Roman army because he is under the authority of the whole Roman army. If he says go and and someone says no, then he's in trouble, not just with him, but he's in trouble with the whole Roman army uh, all the way up to the emperor. So authority is the right to use power because you have backing from something bigger than you. Authority is the right to use power because you have backing from something bigger than you. And because he's in the really hierarchical uh, Roman army, what what this story does is it shows us uh, how obvious, it, it shows us the real obviousness what authority is. It's really obvious and clear to him how this works. Now, there's some urban slang, which some of you may know, looking around the room, which is uh, game-recognized game. Who's heard of that? You're a gangster, man. Game-recognized game really means, uh, and obviously I had to look this up, because I, I don't know what it means. Um, Uh, If you're good at at something, you'll be able to recognize someone else who is at least as good as you, if not better. And so uh, you come and you you see someone and you you suddenly think, oh yeah, they're amazing at this. I'm okay at this, but they're amazing. I I had this experience being backstage at a festival when I was in my band and I was a sort of average guitar player. And I was talking to this other guitar player from another band. And uh, I said, uh, you know, I was chatting to him. I thought he was a nice bloke. And uh, I was, you know, saying, you know, well, who, do you, who, do you play, who do you play with? And he said, well, mainly I play with Bob Dylan. And then I, I just suddenly thought, oh, you know, not worthy, not worthy, <laughs> you know. And that's game, recognized game. And what you get is the centurion is like that because he's got game. He, he understands authority. He really gets it. Uh, and yet he recognizes in Jesus that here is someone that he is not worthy of coming under his roof, coming into his house, because this man has the authority of heaven. He has something way beyond anything he's ever experienced before in the whole of the Roman army. So he comes into the presence of Jesus. He recognizes, here's someone who exercises authority in an amazing way. And he recognizes that Jesus could actually heal someone with a word at a distance and so he, he he he's exercising faith in this moment this man and he's living as if jesus is actually lord and he's confident that if jesus wants something done it will be done that jesus has authority over sickness because he has heaven's backing and then it says a lovely thing in the text it says jesus marveled at him wouldn't that be amazing jesus looked at your life or something you did and jesus marveled at you It's it's said very, very rarely in the scriptures, but Jesus is awestruck at this man, and he says, I haven't found faith like this amongst all the people of Israel, and in fact, uh, when at the end of time, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob all get together, and they recline and dine in the kingdom of heaven, this man will be there, and probably some of you guys won't be there, but this man will be there because children of Abraham are recognized by their faith. So it's quite a contentious statement that he makes in that context there. Jesus marvels at him. He has greater faith than uh, any Israelite, he says at that point. So Jesus commends the soldier's understanding of authority to us through the scriptures. Uh, and he heals the, the servant from ter- terrible paralysis at distance with a word. And he literally says, Be it to you as you have believed. And then the man goes home and the servant has been healed at the very same time Jesus said that. Since Jesus is amazed at this man's understanding of authority and faith, we should take note of that for our own lives. If Jesus thinks it's marvelous, then it's definitely worth a look. So as the centurion knew instinctively, you can do two useful things with authority. And the two useful things are these. One is that you can submit to it. And the second is you can exercise it. And those two things are absolutely inextricably linked, to submit to authority and to exercise authority. Let me give you one or two examples. Let's say you, you're learning an instrument. How many of you have learned an instrument? Quite a few, okay. So when you learn an instrument, you submit to music's nature and rules, don't you? You learn scales, you learn theory, you practice hard, you learn from great music and great musicians, and then only after a time can you exercise your music with authority. You can play because you have, you have submitted yourself to music. And we've all been at many things where uh, you know, people play with authority and it's astonishing. And where people play without much authority and it's astonishing in a different way. Another example, you know, it's a similar sort of thing. When you're learning to play sport, it's the same. The more we submit to the rules, we learn skills, we steward our natural talent, we understand teamwork, we get fit, and all those things, the more you're going to play with authority, like some guys did on the rugby pitch yesterday. You know, uh, sports journalists often say, you know, he stamped his authority on the game. And that's because the things that, that this player did made a difference in the game we game changers. So, we submit ourselves to authority, and as we do that, we exercise authority. And perhaps more obviously, we've been thinking about soldiers. If you put on a soldier's uniform, you have the backing of the army and the state. You operate with the power of the army too, uh, when, and the uniform gives you the right to use the firepower. So the authority and the power go together. Again, when, when I was in my band, we did a, uh, f- some gigs in Northern Ireland, and this is before the Good Friday Agreement, so we came over from London, and, uh, and then were welcomed by soldiers, at the, at the um, British soldiers at the docks. And, um, you know, it's quite a, the whole thing is quite tense. And, and this guy with a submachine gun, from uh, uh, an army officer with a machine gun, says, OK, lads, out the van. And one of our guys had had quite a bad trip. Uh, uh, when I say trip, I mean on the, on the boat. And, um, and uh, he, uh, he, he um, also, you know, he's quite rock and roll and obviously wanted to stick it to the man. So he looked at this man with a gun and he said, Why? Like this. And somebody else in our band pointed out, not unreasonably, that this man is a soldier and he has a gun. So let's get out, which we then duly did. So the, the uniform is authority, and the gun is power in that particular scenario. And God, extraordinarily in the kingdom of heaven, gives us authority and power of a very different sort. Authority and power that comes from the love of the Father. So in the kingdom of heaven, Jesus sends his disciples out regularly to tell people that the kingdom of heaven is hand, it's really close to you, and to heal the sick. And he gives them one piece of kit, really, to do that. If you read in Luke's gospel and Matthew's gospel and others when he sends the disciples out to different places and that piece of kit is this primarily authority he sent them out with authority to preach the good news heal the sick and so on so authority is your right and my right and privilege to wield God's power and in particular as we're thinking about today God's healing power and this isn't something that's static in our lives that we just have the authority of God and that's it Authority can be strengthened in our lives or it can be weakened. And it's it's strengthened when we submit to God and his purposes and it's weakened when we don't. Authority is always the product of obedience. So as we're obedient to God, our authority grows. Just as if we're obedient to music, our ability to play music grows. And Jesus really loved being obedient. It's quite an interesting trait in Jesus. He loved being obedient. He would say, I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say what I hear the Father saying. He literally said, it's my, my, uh, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. So my nourishment, my strengthening, my pleasure is to do what God wants. And he, he, had, he found doing what God wants to be just such a delight. My food is to do what God wants. And since Jesus was completely under God's authority, he could then wield God's authority wherever he went. And you can see that in the stories that we have. So the more obedient we are to God, the more we exercise authority. So if you want to grow in exercising God's authority, and if you are praying uh, maybe sometimes or regularly for people for healing, you're praying for God's intervention, whatever it might be, then I think the key from this centurion is to take every opportunity you can to be obedient to God, to follow his direction day by day. And sometimes in healing moments, Jesus would give people the opportunity to be obedient. Like when he says, stretch out your hand, he's he's offering that person an opportunity to be obedient to what he's asking. And in that, he partners with authority, and there's greater authority in that moment for healing. So it's a really uh, important thing to link those two things together. It's a great way of seeing temptation in life as well. Every temptation that we have to do wrong can be an opportunity to choose obedience and then grow in authority. And when we lose authority by being regularly disobedient to God, it helps us understand why this is costly to us and costly to others. Because we're not operating in the authority and power that we could do. Repentance is, uh, is key at that point. The thing is, our authority can go up and down, but God's love for us is always the same. The last thing I would just say is that authority is always contested. Our authority that we can wield uh, in life. Because the enemy will attack this relentlessly more than anything else. Since this is the one thing that Jesus sends his disciples out, It's going to be really the one thing that the enemy comes against you and me uh, to bring down. Mark Marks, who has prayed for healing for a lot of people and seen a lot of people, a lot of sick get healed, he said this. He said, believers make a difference wherever they go. And the enemy will do everything he can to stop the church from knowing and walking in its God-given authority. Because all of heaven will break loose otherwise. It's good, isn't it? All of heaven will break loose if we, if, we st- if we grow in authority. So I find it difficult to read the Gospels and Acts without coming to the conclusion that it's God, God's will that his followers, you and I, should have authority and power over sickness. And here at Network over the years, we've seen healings from time to time, sometimes amazing. And we've also seen people who have endured great suffering and sickness and seen no change. But I would want us to, I guess, commit together to continue to grow to be a community where it's possible that people will get healed, where the healing power of God will grow and our authority in the kingdom will grow. So it's essential we do grasp a few things if we're going to be that kind of community. We grasp the authority that, gives, that Jesus gives you and me to preach the kingdom and heal the sick, that we ask for God's gifts of healing, the ones that the Holy Spirit gives, and that we exercise them and we practice them, that we grow in love and mercy and kindness and compassion for people who are unwell, and that we're moved by compassion, and that we acknowledge that we live in a broken world where we see and only experience in part, and we're only going to know the fullness of this when we get, when Jesus returns. But I would love to, us to commit to be a place where people can come and they receive healing. And we, and I, I just think it's been, uh, I haven't seen a lot, and maybe it's partly because of COVID and we literally haven't prayed for each other so much. But I would love us to, to be the kind of community where people come in And they experience healing. And that will be because we are growing in authority and we're growing in compassion. So should we stand together? Just think for a moment to yourself then. Because this kind of subject uh, throws up quite a lot of stuff depending on what's going on in our lives. So just ask yourself the question do I want to grow in spiritual authority? Do I want to grow in spiritual authority? And in particular, authority to heal authority to bring healing from heaven to earth because that may be a contested thing for you and you want to think about that for a bit that's okay but I just want to lead us in a prayer for those who you're definitely answering yes I want to be part of that So for those of you who have a settled yes, why don't you pray this with me in your heart? Father, thank you that you call me to pray for your kingdom to come on earth. Thank you that you equip me with authority. Thank you that through the Holy Spirit, you give me your power. And thank you from your heart, you give me love. So today I choose to step into intentional obedience, to grow in authority. And I open my hands and my heart to receive your power and love. Holy Spirit, set me up, I pray, to bring heaven to earth wherever I go. And here's a prayer, just for those of you who would like, um, you're asking God for gifts of healing. So there are lots of gifts the Holy Spirit brings, but there are gifts of healing which are like power boosts of um, of healing power. So if that's you, then uh, just pray this with me, Father. Thank you that Your Holy Spirit gives gifts in order to bring about your purposes. Pray, Lord, that you would give me a power boost in healing, in Jesus' name. Pray that you would give me gifts alongside those of faith, of words of knowledge, of miracles, works of power, works of restoration father would you equip me with gifts beyond anything i've known so far in my life thank you lord thank you lord so take a moment to receive receive what the holy spirit is doing Okay, so Father, we thank you. We thank you that you send us out in the power of the Spirit. So we pray, Lord, that we would be carriers of your presence wherever we go, under authority and exercising authority, bringing the power and love from heaven to earth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So obviously... If you are unwell here today, it would be good to receive prayer. Uh, And um, so uh, if you're part of the prayer team, would you like to come forward? Just come and join me. And then if you would like to be prayed for, then just come. Because we've got about three or four minutes.